0: That's what I felt. You know, I think a lot of people watching that movie would be like, finally, this guy's finally like realizing what a scumbag he is. Yeah. Like, good riddance, you know? Mm-hmm. But my, as a priest, I was like, I was screaming this at the TV. I was with Dmac. I'm like, that guy needs a priest. Three Dogs North is an attempt to objectify the subjective with little violence as possible. The following has been... From its origins in space and time and put internally at your disposal.
1: So in Story of a Soul, again, I don't know if you remember this, Mike, but when St. Therese talks about there's so many people in the world that want to be victims of God's justice. Mm-hmm. And so she have you heard this, Connor? I think
0: so.
1: Yeah, and so she talks about how like the way I read it anyway was all these people want to like offer themselves as sacrifice for the sins of the world. Like, you know, I will take my brother's place in this, like in order that the salvation is just or whatever. And ultimately, like, I don't know how that would work in the divine plan or whatever. It's not, it's not that God doesn't like take those seriously when that happens. But Therese comes up with this new way, and she says, "I'll offer myself as a victim of divine love," and just how much more profound that is. Because something like that, or whatever, like the worst sins of our time are. Like if you, you know, if you want to get into that discussion, or even like the worst sins in each of our of our personal sins are. It's like that's not, you know, we're not redeemable by our own merits. If we want to, you know and And ultimately, like if we want to live by this idea of like, well, this is justice, and like I will justly like earn salvation, like we're gonna lose that battle at, at the, the end, end of the day, but if we believe God's mercy and love are infinite and they can burn up all of these all of these sins, it's just a better way to live so that's actually the seminary retreat, even like to kind of build off of my summer <clears throat> I I just told God, I was like, listen, I want, Monsignor SF had given me this awesome little prayer, prayer card for grace, and it talked about how you, like, wanted I want to receive the grace that I have wasted all of my life. Hmm. So, like, that was my prayer going into the retreat this week, that was like, I would get, God would give me every ounce of grace and love and mercy that he's offering me that day, but also all of the grace and love and mercy that I have missed out on because of my own ignorance or sin my whole life. And then I was just like, man, this is awesome because God's infinite. So I also, if there's any, you know, jabrones around this seminary wasting grace this mm-hmm. weekend, like, I want that too. And just, like, kept asking for all of this grace. And I would had a cool conversation with uh, Kyle Mano before And he had, he had taught like a very similar experience. He had, um, I think he had read some father Michael Gately and talked about like with an infinite love, you can ask for all of this grace that other people are wasting and like God will give it to you. And like, it's through you, like through that grace being received that eventually that person would get a second chance at that grace. (laughs) So like the joy that you receive, receiving that grace Like, in God's plan, we'll hopefully somehow get back to that person as a second chance for it. So God is such a good giver, and he's so big and outside of the box that we put him in, that if he offers someone grace and they refuse it, if you ask for it, he will not only give it to you, he will let you be an instrument to receive it and give it back to them again.
0: That's pretty sweet. and awesome.
2: It is. It is incredible, and it just that goes to the whole, the whole idea of grace, mm-hmm. um, and the priestly heart as well. Like that's something that you can't give. The priestly heart of Jesus Christ, aka, like you said, the representative of God the Father. You're representing mm-hmm. Jesus Christ in the flesh, which you can't do unless you have first received the heart of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Which is certainly given, ontologically speaking, at ordination. Obviously, via the sacraments mediated by magic. I mean, cardinal tours. <laughs> but you can't.
1: <laughs> that was what he actually did when you were dandy, right? Yeah, he made that noise.
2: Yeah. This is what I think of, okay? When I think of ordination. Hold on, I was in the middle of a point. You know what? I can't even I think it. you made it. It was. Yeah. We have, to have, we have to have a priestly heart. We have to receive that grace in order to give it. Mm-hmm. Which is scriptural through and through, mm-hmm. but also you can see it lived yeah. as well. Um, but I, what I kind of imagine is like when Cardinal George puts his hands out, it's like that scene from Lord of the Rings when uh, Sam and Frodo are right close to... Um, oh, what's the place? It's not Mordor. Stay with us. It's uh, with Sauron. Yeah, Sauron's, well, Sauron's land, okay? This is where he lives. And there's a huge pillar, and it just goes. And a huge beam of light comes down from the sky over this tower. That's kind of what I picture happening with Cardinal George's hands. Yeah. Over you. Uh-huh. Like. Yeah, it's. It's a lot of lasers.
0: Yeah. So was it? I think there like should that? be laser light shows at ordinations, just to represent what's really going on. I agree, and plus, how are the people mm-hmm. going to know? Yeah. So it's all about the people. It's all about the people. Yep,
2: because if we're receiving laser light shows via the spiritual realm, if mm-hmm. it even exists, <laughs> then they should get it too with uh, their senses. Yeah, aka light shows and fog machines, which is like incense. <laughs> yep. So. And we need theme music. We can Every Mass has of... to have a theme. Yep. And that's where it's and like it's like sure. running through the tunnel. Yep. And you get to high-five mm-hmm. people down the aisle. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. who's ready for Mass? Yeah. This is the Mass. Let's all have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's kind of what I had pictured. Yeah.
1: There, I went to a, a priest's first Mass in Omaha over the summer just because I was out there. And the, the homilist, this old priest, gave it. And what was so awesome, He ta- all he talked about was, he, he talked about how priesthood was a giant step down. And it's not if you're strong enough to be a priest. Like, seminary formation is not building you up to a point that you are strong enough and formed enough to go be a priest of Christ. It's all about, are you weak enough to be a priest? Because if you're weak enough to, then then that's when Christ will actually be able to, you'll be open enough to receive Christ and work. He'll, he can work through you then. But I think the lady are oftentimes way more receptive to that than we, than we are.
2: Mm. Yeah, but it's so, it's so tough. So me being kind of like, I want to do it. Yeah. And, oh yeah. Man. Especially with, obviously with, you know, a lot of guys have that very prideful mentality and yep. you know, type a personality Speak
0: for yourself. Right. <laughs> Okay, <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> I'm speaking for myself right now. Um, I have this mentality of I want to do everything, and like it, even this summer, man. Talking with the uh, you know these Protestant guys who were incredibly good dudes, yeah, like rock solid guys. Loved hanging out with them. Awesome friendships. Um, I'm not going to do Jack Dilly squat in terms of converting these people or. You know, obviously I'm I'm called to be an instrument. Yep. Yeah. But that's like e like this much, you know, a teeny teeny the teeniest amount. Right. But that's what I want to do so bad is like I will conquer you mm-hmm. via scripture, let's battle. You know? <laughs> but it's really like just give us some love, like a little bit of grace, man. If you receive that little bit of grace, Christ is gonna blow your brains out. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. gonna turn your world upside down. Yeah. You know, and if I get used as an instrument for that Thanks be to God. Yeah. But obviously in my head the whole time it's like, if I just was smarter mm-hmm. than this guy or I worked harder. Oh, sure. But it's interesting, that <laughs> dichotomy, because we are called to be really good instruments. Right. And we are called to live to the fullest of our potential that God has given us. We need to actualize that. Uh, but ultimately, it's when you're weak. that's mm-hmm. so like, ah, how does this work, you know? Yeah, man. It's this building up to be broken down. Uh, really fulfilled in in the spiritual life and that's you know grace it's all about grace and you know christ will use it well there's even
1: like you go back to to the gospels and i think it's matthew's gospel and there's a scene where jesus like a crowd gathers around him in like somewhere out in like the foothills i, I haven't been to the holy land so i don't remember exactly or know where exactly where this is but i've heard dr Shri talk about before like the setting in that time, oftentimes people's understanding of the Saviour that was coming, the Messiah, was that he was going to conquer the Romans. Like that was their understanding and like physically liberate this people that was under Roman oppression. So they thought that when Christ was like drawing these crowds, he was forming his army to go and to do this. And then like all he talks about is, you know, like the Beatitudes and loving your neighbor and that's
0: why he also tells people never to say any, that he's the christ don't tell anyone that i'm the christ absolutely yeah because that's what they thought he was going to be if he's the christ well then get the troops together because we're going to fight
1: and we're going to go to war mm-hmm. and what does he do he gets he dies on a cross and like, so disappointing. they beat him to a pulp <laughs> and they kill him on the instrument of roman torture and so like that's where it comes down to like the resurrection, whether or not right. whether or not it happened or right.
2: not. Which is so I listened to Father Baron's commentary on Hercules and the meta narrative, the modern meta narrative, which is one of his new commentaries that, that one. came okay. out. That's okay. Just look, I pretty much told him everything to say. So yeah, yep. total. Yeah. Yep. He, let's get the real version. Let me mm-hmm. tell you what I told him to say. Exactly. Okay. I was yeah. like, look, the fullness of time, okay, <laughs> in history Comes when some dude who claims to be Christ dies on the cross. Like that's what he explains, mm-hmm. and how how contradictory that runs to the modern meta narrative mm-hmm. of the fullness of time is yet to come when we reach this utopic uh, human existence of reason and technology and understanding, and then we will reach the apex of time it's already happened dude you're 2,000 mm. years late when some guy died like mm-hmm. brutally murdered Yeah. which is I mean this this paradox this is this strange dichotomy how can that be the apex of time how mm. can that be the climax of all of creation you know when he is brutally murdered on a hill
0: on a Roman torture you know that's a really murder. good point
2: it's incredible it makes no sense
0: because yeah, the modern meta narrative is totally like We're almost there to future time when we'll start. Man can conquer. Growing claws out of our wrists and computers will make us. You already have that?
2: I have the computer claw hands. Yeah. So that's pretty sweet. But when I told Father Baron that, he had the same response. He goes, That's a really good point. (laughs) 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 Thank
0: you. Finally. I'm probably going to make a video about that. Yeah. Also, can can you. Do a slam dunk in clerical street. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make a video about that, too. Wow, that was... Uh. There it is. Yep. There it is. Without, actually,
2: the favorite, the favorite line from that video from my family is your line, Connor, when you talk about when you go high enough, there's mm-hmm. no job that is low enough. And I think that's mm-hmm. it's kind of the same thing on the flip side, that when you go low enough, Christ, John the Baptist, we must die so that he may live. You know, go low enough so that Christ can take you, kind of. Sit at the lowest. Um, But it it really is that same thing of, it's just, it's so much fun how Christianity runs backwards to... That's what makes Chesterton such an awesome author. He plays
0: with this stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And von Balthasar. They're just like swimming in paradoxes all the time. And you read it and you're just like, this guy kicks butt at English. Yeah, (laughs) because saying things he can
1: bring clarity out of these great great paradoxes yeah. But
0: we're so like technical and scientific and but if you do that all the time, science is great. I got no problem with science. I studied biochemistry. I was going to be a scientist, but uh, you're kind of missing the point of life if you don't get a little bit of the beauty of being in the mess of what human experience really is. Absolutely, um, which is full of paradoxes. Like I love this person, but I freaking hate them right now. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Or uh, the message. Yeah, but you don't. But what's love? Really, it's just by. It's like neurotransmitters. And, yeah. Oh, that's what love is. <laughs> you retarded. <laughs> Sorry, to to bleep that. <laughs> what's more Are real really than neurotransmitters nice. that no one sees or ever talks about, yes. or the thing that every pop song is written about? You know, mm-hmm.
1: like. Every story every story. In the history of the world has been
2: about yeah yeah or even like the reality of that mess that we are, are so afraid of and trying to hide more than anything is really what Christ came for yeah like that's that's what he really wants I mean, there's there are infinite number of paradoxes that run with Christianity and I think the secular culture and sure. even you know our, our own you know lives here and with a Christian culture There's, it's wonderful, man. It's just, I love because you can't put Christ in in a box, Mm -hmm. you know. That's one. I'm going through the Narnia series, and they talk about how just crazy Aslan is. He's a wild lion. Yeah, that's like
1: the that's like the, the line that keeps going through those books is that he's or he's an untamed. He's not a tameable lion. What is? Have you seen it?
2: Yeah, he's yeah he's not a tame lion. Yeah. And so the kids keep asking. They go, look, but is is he safe? Like, are we going to be all right? Is he safe? And they go, look, he's not tame, but he's good. He's good. And they're like, well, what does that mean? Are we going to get caught in the face here? What's the deal? Yeah. Look, he's good. He's crazy. And he's, you know, he's untamable. Yeah. But he's good. Uh, and he loves you. They didn't say that. But that's what Christ said. Yeah. That's what
1: you see in the saints. Like when you see people, ultimately the saints are just people that are in love. So I was reading recently, have you guys heard of, uh, Blessed Chiara Badano?
2: Mm-mm, She's,
1: yeah. oh man, awesome, um, <clears throat> awesome young saint. So she was from Italy and she died in 1990. She was only like,
0: oh, I've seen a video about this. She was only like
1: 17 years old. Um, and she just had this conversion, like when she was in maybe like junior high or high school. And, uh. Like just loved Jesus, but like very normal teenager, like got in fights with her parents and like loved her friends, stuff like this, and she got uh some type of rare cancer that was very that was very painful, and she just like literally suffered so joyfully in the hospital, like her hair would fall out from the chemo, and she would just say, like, "That's for you, Jesus, as she would pull it pull it out, wow. and like her last moms were telling her last words were telling her mom like not to be sad. For her she wanted to be buried in a wedding dress because she was going to like her bride Christ and so just this like beautiful very very normal um very normal girl that Christ came and, and got for, for himself you yeah. know it's beautiful
2: the saints man that was one thing they are untamable they are yeah um with uh, you know my Protestant friends this summer talking about and especially when you talk about mercy and love i remember pulling excerpts from faustina Mm -hmm. and you know she talks about god being this infinite ocean of love and your sins are but a drop that are you know just soaked up by his infinite mercy of love and they hear these things or they look at saint francis of assisi like that's when i heard the most oh my gosh i like Catholic Catholicism is so incredible. Yeah. Like there's just this. Wild and you're like, this guy existed
0: it. before your religion was invented. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is a real reformer in the yeah. church. This right. is how
2: it's supposed to be done, right here. Um, and it's, I mean, it's such a wealth of beauty, man. Yeah. You know, and and they have some incredible figures that are really great. I they talked about some of the missionaries. I was telling you about this. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, we had some missionaries that went down to Mexico and they were killed and. Um, brought Christianity down to this village. Like, ah, that's that's great, man. Yeah. But we have these guys, Isaac, uh, Isaac Jogues is. and Jean de Bourbeuf who had their fingers eaten. So <laughs> and then they went back! And then they went back so they could celebrate Mass with their middle and endo- <laughs> with index without their canonical digits. Right! <laughs> because they were so pumped about Christ and wanted to bring it. Like, what can you say? You can't say anything to that. It doesn't make sense. It, it makes make no sense. sense. No. And then they ate his heart because they thought he was an incredible dude. Yeah. <laughs> was that what? Jean de
0: Brebeuf or Isaac Jogues? They, they bit his heart, right? Because they thought, like, this guy has such courage. Jean de Brabuff, they ate God. his heart. Yeah. Yeah. Isaac
2: Jogues, they ate his fingers. <laughs> and then he got a papal dispensation <laughs> to say Mass. To, to come back and himself. say Mass. He was holding the Eucharist, that means with his middle finger and his ring finger. Like, you're not stopping. <laughs> you're not stopping, <laughs> you're not stopping now. Sir. Like, amazing, dude. How did he distribute communion? It's <laughs> incredible. Your- between your fingers like that they ate his thumbs and his his uh pointer fingers dude and that's before antibiotics can you imagine oh my god and see that's the message that we
1: can't dumb down and and try to like not talk about mm-hmm. today that like, don't talk about that that's crazy right you know, yeah. or that's right. disgusting it's like no they ate his fingers yeah and he went back and said mass for them yeah
2: mm-hmm. It is really crazy. It was pretty disgusting, but that's right. the reality of it. Exactly. Uh, so we had to give a sermon, which I'd never given a sermon before. I'd done the seminary Appealer or something like that, right. and kind of talked about my vocation story. But we had to take portions from scripture, and you and had to do a sermon on. that
0: was about something other than yourself. Right. Exactly. It's a huge bummer for you. It now.
2: was totally tough. man. <laughs> I somehow I ended I up being that. thrown in there. Well, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Mostly talked about myself still. Yeah. I mean, I was talking about the saints. So, (laughs) you're right here. Uh, And especially in in Protestantism, preaching is it. You know, Mm -hmm. scripture, scripture, scripture. So, the way that you can open up scripture and unpack. These guys are remarkable preachers. Oh, yeah. Like, when they were in line with what the church taught as well. Money, dude. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm over there like chump style. I've never had a class in scripture. You know, I had an intro to New Testament, intro to Old Testament. So I kind of played with a couple of uh, passages here and there, used the Beatitudes, like kept it really simple. But you got to choose your own scripture reading. Yeah, you to, but you
0: had to... That's another thing we're not used to. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. true. Just preach on anything. Yeah. Choose a Bible verse. But then you had to engage oh. it. <laughs> turn the
2: page, turn the page right here. <laughs> no, that's not how we do it. Uh, but then you had difficult. to gear the sermon to a soldier. And so... It had to be like, oh, and then you're in the field and, you know, and your drill sergeant's And yelling somebody at bites you your drill. thumb off. Yeah. yeah. What do you do? <laughs> uh, and I started, I added in, so I use uh, what was it, Matthew uh, 25, something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount. And the one where he talks about the love of Christ reigns on, or the love of the Father reigns on the just and the unjust, and the good and the bad, the friend and the foe. And I started talking about Isaac Jobs and John Deverbuff, this willing it when it hurts, uh, loving people when it really does hurt. And I started getting so pumped up about this thing, dude. By the end of this sermon that I'm telling this story, I'm like yelling at this room of five people who are like... (laughs) Taking notes. <laughs> what I'm talking about, is just like, this guy is a loony right now. <laughs> I just got so pumped up. Weird. I had zero composure. Weird. My sermon was just like... No poise. Yeah, the podium's over here, and I'm just like, and they ate his finger! <laughs> They're like, what? Is this guy dying? Is this in scripture? This you, is a real thing. Who are these people? I don't even know what he's saying. But, you know, I I, I had like a decent... Great, and then at the end, everyone critiqued me, and they were like, you need to slow down. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay, I get a little pumped every once in a while. Sounds like you were preaching fire. I honestly. was preaching fire and brimstone. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> preaching fire, dude. Are ready? Okay. Three dogs north are juiced.